Hi there, and welcome to Emmanuel. This is our weekly teaching podcast. We hope that it encourages you to live a little bit more every day like Jesus taught us to. God bless you. This morning is about a parable, Greg read it for us, a parable that Jesus told, often called the parable of the seeds, but more accurately it would be the parable around four different types of soil. And Jesus tells the parable, tells it to the crowd, and then the disciples ask him to explain it, and he explains it to them. And as Greg read it, it's very straightforward in many ways, we can understand it, but there are so many underlying lessons that we can learn. So that's our prayer this morning. And before we get into it, we need to look at, well, what is a parable? And in, in its deepest, or its uh, simplest definition of what a parable is, is simply a story using a familiar object, a familiar situation to the people, but it always ends with a startling twist, a new twist. Jesus would link a parable to what the people would know, what they were familiar with. He'd bring out from that a lesson or a truth, forcing his listeners to think. And sadly, in our society today, there is a real lack of thinking. And Jesus told parables not as neat three-point messages that we often receive on a Sunday. Jesus made people look at their lives and compelled them to discover the truth for themselves and then make choices and decisions. And as I mentioned, that startling twist that he always had, I remember hearing a message a number of years ago, because I listened to it over and over on a cassette, for those of you who might remember what a cassette even is today. But uh, in that startling twist, the people would go, what? What did he just say? In this particular example, he talks about a crop, a hundred times yield compared to the seeds that were planted, unheard of. Also, in that crowd that day, the people probably listened to Jesus tell that parable and they went, huh? What's he talking about? What does he mean by that? Because Jesus' parables were often concealed from those who were just too lazy to think, too lazy to really try to understand. But even more than that, and it's included in the passage, it confirmed God's word from Isaiah years before that people, God's people would look but they would not see, they would hear, but they would not understand. And it's not that God didn't want them to hear or understand, but it was a prediction, it was the foreknowledge of their reactions to God speaking to his people, speaking his word to them. And it's still so much the same with us today, is it not? We've made ourselves so insensitive, especially to God's word. We have every conceivable method and opportunity to help us hear and understand, but so many of us do not. I do want to insert a little rabbit trail here, if I may. You're going to hear me say it probably often over the next number of months. I hope you will never be afraid to ask questions. I had an experience when I was doing my BA in the Halifax area, and it was a BA with a major in religious studies. So I did several directed studies with the head of the uh, religious studies department, one-on-one with her. But she had been hurt 
by the church and by seminaries. And she knew I was going to the Divinity College and she really wanted to break my faith and stop that journey. And she would, she would look at something and she would say, when you get to that seminary, you ask them this and you ask them that. And it was a troublesome time for me and I would go back to my church and to my church leaders and try to ask those questions and it was almost like talk to the hand. This is what we believe. And the questions were shut down. And then I went to the Divinity College and they just laid out all of those teachings that I was being taught and what they meant and where there were mistakes in them and flaws and what the truth really was. But I made a commitment through all of that that if I ever led a congregation that I would say to the people, if you have questions, please never ever be afraid to ask because we'll find answers. And of course we need to get down to the mystery of God at times, but usually there are answers that we can find together. So that's my commitment to you. And as we look at Jesus' teaching this morning, we need to keep in mind that this is about the seeds that he says are the word of God. Seeds, the word of God, and the soil is us. The seeds planted in the soil of our hearts and our lives. I'm going to look at those who have not accepted Jesus as Lord or maybe have just done so recently. We're going to look at those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ and we're going to look at us as a church together here at Emmanuel. Maybe it's your church if you're visiting and where you might be worshiping. Jesus says, listen and understand. So we're going to try to do that this morning. We need to pray into it. Let's pray. Almighty God, we need to listen and we need to understand. So I would ask that you would just get me behind the cross if there's anything in me that would be a barrier. I ask forgiveness and ask that you would remove that. That, Lord, you would just diminish me. That we could hear you, that we could see you, that we could know your presence. That your Holy Spirit would have a freedom to work in our minds and in our hearts and transform our lives, transform our church as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I do have wonderful memories way back in childhood uh, planting a very large vegetable garden and flowers with my parents but I didn't have a lot of opportunity or didn't take the opportunity I guess over the years to continue some of that interest. So I am doing some of it now with a close friend of mine and even my apartment, the balcony is starting to get crowded out with my new interest in all these pots and flowers that I have there. But my friend has a beautiful garden every year but he does admit it's not without its failures and he said that when he bought the house the land was not conducive to growing good vegetables and flowers. The land was very much sand and sediment and so he knew he could not grow a good garden there. So he kept adding compost, uh, containers of compost and buckets of compost and just saturated that land before the time of our green bins and manure of course and then he rototilled it to that soil which just worked and worked and it took time and took very intentional work on his on his uh, behalf to, or on his uh, part so that the soil is now very rich for growing. Well, as Jesus spoke to the people of his day, 
Planting seeds was done very differently from what we might do it today. A farmer would go out with handfuls of seeds and just throw the seed across and hope it got to as much of the soil as possible. And we would think of that as being rather irresponsible, a waste of good seeds, but it was so acceptable in Jesus' time. It's the way they did it. Because in Palestine, they did not have nice gardens and plots and fields laid out the way we do. They did not have fences and barriers in between. But they had what has been described as like a narrow uh, ribbon of ground. It would be no more than three feet, maybe a meter wide. And it would serve as a right-of-way through the fields. And anyone and everyone walked on those footpaths. So when Jesus said that some of the seeds fell on the footpath and that it got stepped on and the birds came and ate it, we could imagine the hard ground that those seeds fell on. Anybody and everybody walking on that ground to the point that it got as hard as pavement. So picture trying to plant seeds on pavement. And I want to use this morning some descriptives from my New Living Translation study notes because they were catchy words, so I want to use them as we, as we look at this passage of Scripture. And the first one is, are you and I footpath people? As we hear this parable, is Jesus asking you, is he asking me, are you a footpath person? And are we a footpath church? Because there are some people here this morning who have not accepted Christ as Savior and Lord. Their minds are shut and the truth can't get planted. Maybe they don't want to think about it, won't think about it. Word of God is just not being received. Maybe you can't be bothered this morning. There's just a whole, too much to think about. Maybe you've been beaten down by experiences in life and you don't feel that God has been there with you. Maybe you've been walked on disappointed. So you become a bit calloused and tough and a shield of defense has been put up that nothing can penetrate. And how easy it is for Satan to do that for, to us. That nothing from God's word gets a chance to reach us. And when we allow Satan to do that, it's the footpath hardness of not letting Jesus in. But there are others of us here this morning, and we can say the same about the footpath as we hear this parable. We come every Sunday, we sit in Bible studies, we serve, and we hear this as basic information that we have heard before. In fact, we may have heard it a number of times. So we might have what's been called a mental arrogance. I know this already. There's nothing left that you can teach me from this parable. We have ears, but we're not hearing anymore. And what about us as a church at Emmanuel? What is the ground like here at Emmanuel? Is it hard? Is it pavement? Is God able to plant his word in us as a church to reach our minds and our hearts so that we will hear him and understand and receive it and be obedient to it together? I got thinking about the ground being tilled that hard ground. And I went to the internet and I got a better picture as I looked at pictures of tillers, garden tillers and rototillers. And it said, quote, fertile soil is the foundation of any garden project. So vegetables and flowering plants need rich, loose, drainable soil to ensure root growth and abundant crops. We need to be tilled. 
So I looked at pictures of tillers and those sharp blades that they call tines, designed, it said, to churn and break soil. And I went, ouch. Ow. <laughs> Are we willing to let God till the soil of our hearts and our church to break it up, to turn it over, to expose it, expose the soil that's been under the pavement and bring it out to the light? And it said that choosing one tiller over another depends on the size and the type of planting that needs to get done. What size tiller does our God have to use? How hard is your heart or mine or this church? Does he need to use a super strength, super tough tiller on us? Or does he want to plant this summer? I do have to admit as I looked at it, I was getting a little bit nervous of that tiller into my heart. And some people, those of you who are gardeners, already have a garden. But you decide you want to expand it. My parents had two lots that were just uh, garden soil. So you think, well, I'm going to pre uh, prepare some new ground. And so it led me to wonder, is there a good soil part of our hearts but other areas that we won't let Jesus touch? We say, no, Jesus, I'll give you this much but you're not going to break any new ground, plant anything over into the rest of my life. So I leave that whole picture with you because Jesus does want us to think. And the challenge, are you, am I, a footpath person? Are we as a church footpath people? Well, then Jesus said some of that seed fell on rocky soil. So again, we can hear Jesus asking, are you, am I, a rocky soil person? Is Emmanuel a rocky soil church? I lived a number of years in Dartmouth. You would just start to dig into the earth and you were hitting rocks over and over again. And then I moved to the valley. And I remember one day I wanted some rocks. I forget for what purpose, decorative perhaps, I'm not sure. I couldn't find any rocks. And then I came here to Truro. And last week I had to ask a few people, what do you have here in Truro? And I was told that you have areas of sand and sediment and clay. So the friend that I mentioned in preparing soil on his property, working with that sand and sediment that he took years to prepare, and he said that seeds come packed with their own nutrients, but they only last for a while. And as the roots, the roots grow, rather, they search out water and food. But if they cannot find any, they can't get down past, they die. And that's exactly what Jesus was saying. In Palestine, there was a thin layer of limestone rock, a thin layer of soil over a limestone rock that was just under it. So there was no real depth. So a seed could sprout, especially if there was lots of water. But it couldn't find any no moisture, and it couldn't find any nourishment, and it could not withstand that hot, hot sun of Jesus' time. And Jesus said the seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message, and they receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe it for a while, and then they fall away when they face temptation, hard times. So we can look at ourselves again. Some here this morning, you may be new Christians, very excited about what God has done in your life. I encourage you to find mentors, 
mature Christians who will walk along beside you to help you keep your joy and keep strong in the faith. Keep growing. Being a Christian is absolutely wonderful, but that doesn't mean it's easy. You need someone beside you to help you keep, keep you strong, keep you encouraged. But that shouldn't all lie on you to find that person. So I'm going to switch to all others of us who call ourselves professing followers of Jesus Christ. Are we mature Christians, really? Have we kept on growing? Have we kept on maturing so that we can walk alongside a new Christian? Are we strong in our faith? And if we are, are we offering to new Christians to help them? We also have to ask ourselves this morning, have we grown enough that when push comes to shove and we're out there where we work and live and study, that we are still genuine followers of Jesus, that we are not wilting and dying under temptation? And what about us as a church at Emmanuel? How shallow, how deep are we? For our Sunday morning teachings, we're staying in the Gospels, uh, listening to Jesus, hearing what he has to say, seeing what he modeled uh, as he lived here on earth. So I ask you to hold me accountable to biblical teaching and preaching. But what if we really start to dig deeper? What if we start to really get challenged by spiritual disciplines, we call them? Meditation, deep meditation, prayer and fasting, simplicity, solitude, submission and surrender, confession and repentance, and then forgiving one another. Are we willing to go there? If we're going to keep growing, get roots that go well down into the soil, past the shallowness, five questions I would give to you this morning on a Sunday as you leave here, when you leave a Bible study, as you're doing your own devotionals. Number one, what attitudes do I need to change? Number two, what do I need to stop doing or start doing? What do I need to believe or stop believing? What relationships do I need to work on? And what ministry should I be having with others? What if we became that kind of a church? It's been said that superficiality is the curse of today's culture. What a statement. Superficiality, the curse of today's culture, and I would say especially the church. Shallow relationships, shallow conversations, brief moments of prayer as we go. I leave it with you because Jesus wants us to think. He challenges us. Are you, am I, a rocky soil person with no depth? Are we as a church? rocky soil people. Well, Jesus continues, soil number three. Some of the seeds start to grow, but they, they fall in amongst thorns that grow up and choke out those tender plants. As we hear this parable, this part of it, Jesus is asking us, are you, am I, a thorn patch person? Are we a thorn patch church? I admit this is where I struggle the most. Our lives, our walk with the Lord can become so cluttered, can they not? Sometimes it just happens, we don't even see it happening to us. I had a wonderful conversation with someone this past week. We talk about how many of us say, I'm tired. Or if we say to someone, how are you? Oh, I'm so busy. What if that is the result of how we are setting or not setting our priorities? What if that is the result 
of where we are putting energy for our passions or not. Jesus said the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life. So that's going to be true for those of you who might be new Christians, but you've brought in faith into your life almost like something added on, something more that you have to do, to think about, to care about. And if that's what it is to you and no more, it doesn't take long before it will be crowded out by what the world sees as most important or more important. Money, house, car, career, activities, what people will think and demand of you. But really it's no different for the rest of us who profess to be followers of Jesus. We come here on a Sunday. We come to a group during the week. We serve. But has it all gotten so busy that we're missing the relationship we're supposed to be having with our Lord Jesus Christ? Is church busyness even crowding out the word of God speaking into our lives? Is second best becoming the enemy of the best for us? And what is our culture here as a church at Emmanuel? Where is God's word falling for us as a congregation? This is a time of transition. We are trying to deal with the past. We're trying to walk through this season and we're trying to move into the future. Are we spending so much time looking at and talking about all of that that we're missing what God wants us to be doing right now? Should we be looking at the work that he has for us to do right now instead of focusing so much on those things and focusing inward? And we need to be sharing God's word and that should be our urgency right now. And are we spending so much time in meetings that we don't have time for God? It's in the first uh, service that Micah mentioned something about we have copies of the minutes out at the welcome station, but he also had uh, psychological counseling for those who are looking for minutes. <laughs> but what about our meetings? <laughs> what if we intentionally surrendered to God to ask him to show us what we need to have in our meetings, whether we should even have the meeting, how it should be conducted, how long, would we start to see changes in our meetings? And as I mentioned, we're looking at relationship renewal with God, with one another, with others. Maybe we need to ask God to help us to set our priorities for that. That we would do no more and no less than what he shows us and stop worrying about how things are and how they're going to be. Do we have the courage to ask Jesus to weed out anything that is hindering our spiritual growth and work? So I leave it with you because Jesus wants us to think. Is he challenging us with the question, are you, am I, a thorn patch person? Is God's word being choked out? Are we as a church a thorn patch church? Well, we've come to number four and that's where we want to be. Jesus says the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. As we hear this parable today, Jesus is asking, are you and am I a good soil person? Are we a good soil church? 
In the verses at the very beginning of this chapter, before the parable, it lists the people who are with Jesus. His 12 disciples who had decided to follow him and were faithful to that. There were some women from whom had been cast out evil spirits and diseases. There were some others who were contributing with resources to the work of Jesus and his disciples. They had heard the word. It had fallen on good soil in their hearts, and they had let their lives be transformed. Will we receive the message of Jesus and believe in him and be transformed, make a commitment to follow him, but make a commitment to keep on following him? Will we be a good soil church here at Emmanuel? Hearts tender, devotions deep, lives uncluttered, unhindered growth, yielding fruit for our God. As I ask those questions and challenge us, hopefully through the Holy Spirit, I do find it exciting that I'm seeing it happening here. So I wanted to share that with you. The fruit of the Spirit, the harvest, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. It's patience and kindness, gentleness and goodness, faithfulness and self-control. We've had baptisms, as Micah said, God's word being received into people's hearts. We're seeing healing. We're seeing repentance and forgiveness happening here. Let's open our eyes to that. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to do it in us. And let's ask God for a whole lot more. And the passage ends with Jesus saying that no one lights a lamp and covers it with a bowl or hides it under a bed. It's given a stand to sit on so that the light is there and lights up the whole house for anyone who enters it. That's happening, I think, for us here too at Emmanuel. So Jesus said in verse 18, pay attention to how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, he said, more understanding will be given to you. But for those who are not listening, even when they think they understand, what they think they understand will be taken away from them. May we hear, may we understand this morning. Let's pray. Loving God, you have challenged us, I pray. Given us guidance, spoken into our hearts. Of those things that we need to look at. That your word can fall into good soil in our hearts. If there's anyone here this morning who has just blocked you out, I pray that you have spoken to them, that they'll let you break the hard ground. To all of us, God, help us to keep on growing, keep on maturing, keep on listening, increase our understanding, and help us as a church to be the church that you have called us to be, good soil. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.